My name is Martin Abonge and I believe in freedom. I believe in creating a lifestyle where you actually have a choice. My goal here is to help you escape the life of sacrifice you've been conditioned to live. How do I do it? Simply by sharing my own journey to complete freedom. My expectations, my hurdles, my failures, my successes, and everything I learned along the way. How are we going to proceed here? We're going to do it by asking the right questions. The questions that make you think. Because these questions will allow you to do something. Change your mindset, to change your reality, and build the perfect life for you. And when I mean perfect life for you, it's for you. Not for your mom, not for your dad, not for your best friend. The perfect life for you. So in this podcast, we think differently. We expand your horizon and we work together to create your happiness. So welcome to the Freedom by Choice podcast with your host, Martin Bonge. Hey, what is up, guys? Martin here with a brand new episode. Uh, this is episode 516. And uh, this is your host, Martin. And today I have a guest, um, a very good friend of mine uh, who interviewed me on her podcast twice. And uh, I decided to return the favor because every time we had an interaction on the podcast, it was very interesting. And, um, and I decided, that, hey, you know what? We uh, need to have Lindsay on the show. So uh, Lindsay, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I mean, me, I'm very excited. As you know, uh, before, you know, I never had guests or, or anything before on the show. And uh, I've, I've decided to change the concept a little bit just so people can have a different perspective and different life experience um, and advice from, uh, from people from all walks of life and uh, in different places. So uh, today, I think we're going to touch based on your own experience and you'll be able to share a little bit about your journey and you know, where you were, where you're right now. Um, and uh, I'm pretty sure it can help uh, the, the, the listeners. Definitely. Well, I listen to your podcast. I love it. It's one of my top favorites. So I'm excited to be a part of it. This is pretty uh, exciting to, to be. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I like that. Okay. So um, yeah, just, just wanted to get started with, um, so we, we, uh, we talk quite a lot, uh, me and Lindsay, and, um, and she has a very uh, interesting um, experience. And she went through uh, I'll say changes in her life. So I will let you explain what these changes are because I think that many of you guys might be in the same situation. You don't know what to do and you don't necessarily have an example around you who can uh, you know, give you some sort of direction or some example of kind of like what to do. So uh, yeah, Lindsay, can you, uh, you know, touch base on kind of like the, the changes and the tr transitions that you know, you had in your life and how you manage everything and where you're right now and everything. Definitely. Well, I mean, going back into my past, I was the perfect employee. <laughs> <laughs> every, every business owner would want me as their person. Like <laughs> I was devoted. I was loyal. I would put my work before all else. Um, and I worked in the automotive industry, which is a very cutthroat and time-sucking job, but I had this mission to accomplish great things. I read 
an autobiography by Lee Iacocca when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. He was the he was a guy who went from being a lot attendant all the way to being the CEO of Chrysler Capital. And wow. I thought, oh, wow, if he could do that, I could do that. Now wow. I'm looking at myself going now, why would I ever think I could do that? <laughs> but I definitely did. And I had this intention of working my way up. I started out as a cashier and I, within four years, I quickly rose the ranks. And after 20 years in the car business, I did everything from service advisor to finance manager, to uh -huh. sales manager, to internet director. I was on the trajectory of becoming a general manager. All right. Well, could, through, throughout that time. Can I ask you yeah. a question about, sure. um, so when, when was it that you read this book? How old were you when you read this book and, and you had that inspiration? I was in high school. So I was probably, I don't know, 16, maybe 17. My, my grandmother gave it to me. And she, um, my grandmother inspired me with a lot of really good books that most teenagers don't read. Uh -huh. <laughs> And so I read that book and uh, yeah, that's when, I don't know, a month after I turned 18, I graduated high school when I was 18 in August uh -huh. and, or in May, and then I turned 18 in August. And then a month later, I got a job at the car dealership and I got the first interview I went for. Like, I'm telling you, I had everything going for me as far as employees go, you know, uh -huh. like when you're, when you're a boss and you're looking for people you see me and you're like, oh my gosh, she's amazing. Let's bring her on. Yeah. Now I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I'm just trying to show how dedicated I was because uh -huh. that's something you can't teach. Anybody can yeah. teach you skills, but you can't teach loyalty, you know? And that's just exactly. something I had ingrained in me. Work mm -hmm. hard, work your way up. You don't, nothing is handed to you. You have to earn it. You know, all of that mindset was just so ingrained in me by my dad mm -hmm. who was a solopreneur. So, you know, like that's where my background started. All right. And now over those 20 years, I started to have my family. I had four kids and each time I would tell myself, I'm going to get out of the car business by the time they're one. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get out of the car business by the time this one's one. You know, I would set these goals and yeah. as the primary income earner, as the, you know, you, you get comfortable with your lifestyle. So yeah. you start making yeah. money, it becomes natural. And the next thing you know, you know, five, six, seven years have gone by and you're in the same position. I mean, maybe you've moved up in life, but you're still working or you're still stuck in whatever rut you're in. And, mm. and the more kids you have, the harder it gets to leave. <laughs> yeah. yeah, imagine. So, you know, that's kind of where I started. And then I remember it was around 2015. I started to have I take that back. It was 2012. It was when my, my third son was born. I started to really feel depressed. I was working more than I ever had. I only had four days off a month. So, so you know how that works. And I would often work until midnight and then be there again wow. at eight the next morning. So yeah. I rarely saw my children. It was a very lucrative, stressful and time consuming job. That is all true. Yeah. And so I remember my kiddos, they looked like somebody else's kids. And I said to my husband, like, I cannot keep doing this. This is not working for me. Yeah. And that's when we started talking about living in a log cabin in the woods. Like mm -hmm. it was just a dream that we imagined. We imagined a lifestyle where we could raise our kids in a rural setting outdoors, not in the city. 
yeah. uh, and we, we birthed this dream, so to speak, but nothing really came of it for years. Mm -hmm. It was just something we would take off the shelf, dust off, help me bandaid my wounds as I continued to go to work <laughs> every day. And now the mindset shift started to change instead of being like an eager beaver ready to show up every day, uh -huh. I was still showing up and I was still dedicated to doing my job, but I was miserable and it was, it was silently killing me. It was taking a toll on me every day driving to work. I usually was in tears feeling wow. like I was going to prison. It was very, very, one of the most grinding, uncomfortable and feel, felt like forever experiences of my life. Yeah. And I think a lot of people experience that too, Martin. I think a lot of people are out there now like working and they're, they're miserable, they're uncomfortable. And I, I'm sharing my story because I know how that feels. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I yeah. also, you know, know kind of like this path that my mindset went on. So like the more I yearned to get out of that, mm -hmm. the less tolerating I became of the extra hours they wanted me to put in, of the baloney with employees, you know, like calling out or me yeah. not getting my vacation because somebody else wanted their vacation. And it's mm -hmm. like, okay. I need to put myself first. And so finally I looked at my husband one day and I said, look, when are we going to stop just talking about this and make it happen? Like I need action. I need a plan. We need to set a deadline and get our butts out of here, whatever. Uh -huh. Now, again, I'm still the primary income earner. I have been throughout my marriage. And yeah. so just leaving a job, especially when you have four kids and a house and everything else, it's not something you can just do overnight. Yeah. So we made a plan to as we called it get out of the rat race uh yeah. we're we're avid robert kiyosaki fans and he talks about getting out of the rat race and so uh -huh. we kind yeah, of yeah. wrote it down yeah uh -huh. and we made a document that said this is what we're going to do we're going to get out of the rat race by and we wrote it at the top of the document 2018 in december was our mission to yeah. be in our log home and I wrote this in 2016 and uh -huh. we kind of mapped out like a passive income strategy to help us get there. Yeah. And I'll be honest, that strategy did not play out the way we thought. And that's often how things go. Like you can set your intention and mm -hmm. then the winding road takes its own course. However, and this shocked the daylights out of me. I recently found that document on a thumb drive and oh. I had forgotten that I even wrote it. And would you know that we moved into our log home in December of 2018? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, it is, it is pretty amazing. I think there was, uh, was it a movie, The Secret or something? There was this guy who was thinking about this house that he put on his uh, vision board. And then next thing you know, he realizes that, that it's the, that same house. Yes. You know? So I believe in that and yeah. to some extent, you know, but more, more than anything, you have to have your, intention but then you also have to take action of course um and that's what we did when we finally made that decision we started to you know work towards selling our arizona house and packing everything up and where would we go we determined which state we wanted to move to and how we were going to do it that was another story you know we didn't we didn't have a job lined up i didn't have any other form of income other than you know we had some rental income yeah um but to sustain a family of our size it, my grandfather moved in with us uh too so you know there was there was a lot of financial responsibility put yeah. on our shoulders 
as we made this transition, but we were determined. I was determined. I was like, this is happening. I don't care what uh-huh. anybody else says. <laughs> and then we started to, you know, we moved up here and then I took up the first year off. I totally just did nothing but play with my kids and be Susie homemaker for that year. Uh-huh. And I needed that so much. Um, one thing I had told my husband at one point was like, I can't explain it, but I felt it inside that that job was silently killing me. Like Mm -hmm. inside something was wrong. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you know this, but both of my parents passed away before retirement. Oh no, I had no idea. Yeah. So my mom, she died when I was 12. And then my dad, he passed away in 2013 and he worked right up to the day he died. And I thought, I'm not doing this. This isn't, I'm not going to retire and then wait for some day <laughs> yeah. for, you know, my magical life to be unfolding, you know, uh-huh. live in my log cabin when I'm 65, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm just not going to do it. So I need, you know, it was like, this is my destiny. I am doing this. And, well, and so, so, we, so were you, where were you before moving into the, the, the cabin, which state, which city were you working We were in Arizona Uh and we lived in a really good neighborhood. We lived what used to be the outskirts of Phoenix. It was a city called Glendale. And you know, what's crazy though, I mean, just a little bunny trail, I suppose, is even though we lived in a nice neighborhood, I mean, the homes were a higher value, you know, the, the area was clean. It was a good area. It was like bad things started to happen in the city. And I think this is something that more and more people are experiencing, but rather than thinking that there's a way out, uh-huh. they're just putting up with it. Yeah. For example, my youngest son was taken, almost taken from us twice in that last year. And I, and I mean like human trafficking taken what? almost. Yeah. We were, there's a place called Oregon Stop Pizza and it's a cool place. They have a huge organ. The whole building is an organ and it's a neat little place to take your kiddos and they serve pizza and salad and they had an arcade downstairs and my friend and i were meeting up so i had my three boys and her son were all hanging out together Uh in the arcade well i guess some lady was watching them play and listening to them and then my little one's name is riley and so she she was like oh hey riley your mom wanted me to come get you and he was like oh okay he was like five at the time maybe even four and we were not that far like we could kind of see what was going on but of course it's a public place if yeah, anything yeah. happened in a blink of an eye you know well my oldest thank goodness he witnessed my little one walking off and he came and said what are you doing you know you don't go with strangers thank you god for intervening Christ. like yeah wow it was very scary and i mean just things like that started to happen even in our neighborhood and i just started to get this like panicking feeling i can't explain it It was like this i have to get out of here yeah yeah (laughs) which is so sad because that house that we left is the same house i grew up in both of my parents passed away in that house like Uh i had every reason to want to stay yeah but i knew that i needed to make memories and dream bigger and you know, achieve more. I was like going to do more than just be in the car business my whole life. Like that was just what I had known. Yeah. So yeah, we, you know, we made that happen. Um, it started by just taking a road trip. We, we all took a road trip up through Idaho where we ultimately decided to move mm-hmm. and discovered where we wanted to be. And at this time still, you know, this, this is something that's important I think for people to realize 
when you're making a big change like this, mm-hmm. just to tell you about it, it doesn't sound like that big of a deal. I mean, people move all the time. Yeah. It was a huge deal for us because we didn't know how, we didn't know what we were going to do, what was possible. We wanted a specific lifestyle mm-hmm. and we didn't want to just pick up and move and get the same experience in another town. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, a lot of things were happening and changing for us at that time. Well, when we took our road trip, I was still questioning whether or not this was the right move. Yeah. Should I really leave my job? Am I a fool for leaving my job? Mm-hmm. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. It was a good job. It was, we had a nice lifestyle. There was no real reason looking on the outside. Everything calling me to leave came from within. Mm-hmm. There was no like physical signs really. And so we get up to Idaho, we go all the way to the very tippy top and we meet a realtor and we go out and look at some land. And that's basically what we were doing was just driving around, trying to see what we liked, you know, it was nothing was set in stone. Well, we looked at this one dirt lot. It was, it was a forested lot. And my husband, he's got this really great visual eye for like seeing things that are not there. He's like, we can clear this section. We're going to have a view. It's going to be great. (laughs) And I'm like, I see trees and dirt. I'm not seeing it. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. I don't have the eye for it. I, I have a lot of respect for people like, yeah, we knock out this wall and then we do this and blah, blah, blah. They can visualize it. I really can't. So, yeah. 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 That's him. And I just said to myself, hey, look, if this is meant to be, I asked God for a sign because to me, I was looking for that confirmation that I was on the right path of even looking outside of. Arizona. Mm -hmm. I said, show me a sign of butterflies. And now I didn't tell anybody else that I had that thought. And I had that thought while we were driving up through this little town. So while we were on this dirt lot and we're walking around, we had the windows cracked. They were not down all the way, but they were cracked a little bit. Mm -hmm. And when we came back to the van, there were six butterflies on my dash, on my dash, (laughs) in the car, (laughs) not on the car, in the car. And I Immediately just got like chills, like just covered me. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> my jaw dropped and I looked at my husband. I'm like, oh, guess what I did? I said I wanted to see butterflies. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. And even now we live within just a couple of miles of that original piece of property, but uh-huh. that was in I want to say to late 2016. 2017 somewhere in there we ended up still taking another year before actually getting to move Mm -hmm. you know so the whole thing i'm trying to say is like i wrote that document i originally made the plan in 2012 yeah 2016 we wrote the plan and started to take action yeah and then by 2018 it happened Uh and even though like looking at that that's only a short window of time in the grand scheme of things it felt like eternity Mm. it felt like this major up down up down up down experience like oh we're gonna do it it's getting close and then oh we put an offer in on a property and it fell through and then you know it was just this constant like i don't know hopes up hopes crushed hopes Mm -hmm. up hopes crushed just yeah. experience and that whole time wondering is 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 this not working out because it's not meant to be or is it not working out because we, it just hasn't worked out yet yeah 
it's an interesting philosophy to think about. And I think when we, when we set out to do some major change in our life, our mm -hmm. life takes that trajectory. I mean, it could be anything from like quitting smoking to moving across the country to, you know, totally changing your career trajectory. It doesn't matter what big dream you have. It's not going to be a straight path. It's going to be a windy path and having that mental fortitude to stick to it and be true to what's inside of you and mm -hmm. push for that yeah. no matter what's happening. Like yeah. that takes mental acumen. I can't tell you how many t days of the week I would drive to work and all I could do in that moment would be to set aside, like literally mentally set aside my strife just to focus on my dream. That's all I would talk. I would talk to myself. Yeah. Lindsay, I know it doesn't feel like this is going to happen anytime soon, but I promise you it is happening. It is uh -huh. going to happen. There, the possibility is real. This is a possibility and I believe in possibility. And I would just talk to myself for a whole hour driving to work yeah. because I was so you know, just, it, it just, I can't explain it. Like, I want people to understand, like, this is something that I know other people go through, but there were so many times we could have quit. We yeah. could have given up. Uh -huh. We could have said, eh, grandma, my grandma, my sweet grandma, she's like really close to me. Cause after my mom died, she became kind of my mom. Mm -hmm. We were going to move. I couldn't leave her. So we, she was going to come with us. And then yeah. she broke her hip and she was bedridden. And I said, well, I guess we're not moving. So uh -huh. we started to convert our garage and we were going to be caretakers for her. Yeah. And then she ended up passing away. So, I mean, like, this is what I mean. Like big stuff happened where it was like, oh, this isn't working. Now it's working. Now it's not working. Now it's working. <laughs> it's like the angel and the devil on the shoulder thing. It was, uh -huh. it was just crazy intense. But I remember when we sat in our log cabin, like the first night, it was a week before Christmas and the, the, um, fire was burning. We're sitting in our rocking chairs. And I just looked at my husband and I'm like, we did it. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know what, what I find interesting um, is what, what you were saying there is that despite all the hardship, the, the hurdles and the doubts and stuff, you were every single day remembering your dream and why you were doing this. And that's the reason why you didn't quit because whatever is work waiting for you at the end of that line is worth it. And it's worth you putting you know, putting up with all the hardship and stuff and perseverance is what will actually get you there. But you keep, you will only persevere for something that's dear to you, a dream that you have and that you remember. And this is a, uh, it's particularly hard. I, I, you know, I, I tell people, uh, it's hard to find your why, right? Because you have to figure out, okay, you know, why am I doing this? But remembering it, that's the hardest thing. And only a fraction of people have it. And that's something you have. You remembered it every single day. And that got you through that. So that's, uh, I find it pretty exceptional. Yeah. You know, in the book, Think and Grow Rich, he talks about a burning desire. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the best way I could describe it. Like the idea, in fact, I would have visions of living in Idaho. Yeah. I'd never been, this is before we ever came. I would mm -hmm. clearly picture it in my mind, what I'm going to be doing. And then when we drove through the state, I'm like, holy cow, I have seen this in my mind and I've never been here. Yeah. The, the, the realness of my visions were so palpable. It was pretty intense. It was great. It was great because mm -hmm. it was, it helped me, you know, yeah. but it was really important. But what's interesting. So I was telling you, I took that year off after we moved here mm -hmm. and I just played and I was Susie homemaker and all that fun stuff. 
And I loved it, but I saw the stress that that job, I almost went through some sort of like PTSD after working because I love your recent podcast. You're like, no stress. I don't want stress. (laughs) I'm like, man, that'd be so good. (laughs) And so, yeah, like I went through this one year of no stress. And whenever something came up that was a trigger, like, you know, we're still trying to sell our house in Arizona and, you know, complications and things arise when you're dealing with real estate, one tiny little irritation and my body would experience like an instant migraine and like just my tense, my tension, I guess, in my shoulders, Mm -hmm. it was way overreacting compared to what was actually happening. But I could see that it was almost like a a trigger uh, based on probably how I was living all the time while I was working was just, mm-hmm. you know, shoulders up, tense, intense, you know, intense and tense all at yeah. the same time. Yeah. So it was really interesting to see that. And, and I'm going to say, like, I think when it comes to breaking the mindset of a habit, which to me being a worker bee was a habit, it was a, it was a loyalty mindset. It was an ingrained philosophy. I mean, I don't know if you studied neural nets and the way the brain works, mm-hmm. but when you have the same thought over and over again, it fires in repetition and it creates these neural nets. Yeah. And that belief that I had to work hard to earn money was, is, is still, I still deal with that like on this daily basis, but this pendulum effect has started to take over where I went from this left side where I'm very, you know, ingrained in working hard to now I hear you take a year off and I get to experience not working at all mm-hmm. to then, okay, now I'm bored because I'm a creative person and I yeah. got bored and I'm like, I'm more made for more than laundry and dishes. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just not going to be okay with this. So I go back into discovering what my purpose is and what my potential is mm-hmm. to, you know, this back and forth. And I've noticed over, cause see, we moved in 2018, it's 2022 over these last few years, it's accelerated really rapidly. My, um, I should say it's decelerated rapidly. My threshold for working hard. (laughs) (laughs) The more you experience it, you know, the, the, the easier it is to stay with it. And also the harder it is to go back to anything else. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, my sister just sent me a job offer she's just trying to be helpful. Uh, she's like, Hey, you know, I thought, I thought I saw this and I thought of you and I was reading it. And the whole time I'm like, there is no way I could do this. Yeah. No way. I'm so happy working for myself. Uh-huh. And even though I'm, you know, maybe working harder than I want to, like my ultimate goal, I still have that vision every day of what my life is going to be like and uh-huh. what I'm going for. My, I'm very clear about that. I spend time you know, visualizing and meditating and feeling it. Like I literally get into the feeling of it Mm -hmm. because I believe that is creation. That is how I'm creating it. And it also reminds me of what I want. So I use it as a metric to say what I'm doing versus what I'm wanting. Mm -hmm. How close am I? Well, I'm still working harder than I want to. So I'm still working on paring that down a little bit more every day, you know, and figuring out that science of making money while I'm tearing down the effort. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's, it's a balance. And, you know, you can't like, you can't just expect to like quit your job, go from this worker bee mindset to boom, you've got it all figured out and your life is 
the other side is just there. Yeah. Uh, at least not for people like me who were so indoctrinated in working so hard. Like that was programmed in me. Yeah. So it's it's definitely something that I think I want people to know and give everybody permission to take that journey, take it one step at a time, uh-huh. and to just keep that mental fortitude to keep plugging at it until you've accomplished your goal. Just don't stop. Yeah. So like looking back at it, like, can you say, you know, it, it was well worth it. Uh, if I had to do it again, I will do it again because on the other side, wonderful things were waiting for me. Oh yeah. I, I used to think to my, now, okay. Cause both of my parents died. Mm-hmm. So I used to contemplate death, my life from the end. It's kind of a morbid topic because you know not very many people want to talk about their death or their Uh end of life but for me it was very real because i experienced it you know so much and so i would look at my life from the end and say where do i want to be on my deathbed do i want to say that i committed to the car business and retired heck no like absolutely not yeah. What do I want out of my life? Like, what do I expect? I want to raise my kids in a great environment, even if I'm not playing with them all day, every day, which quite honestly, I didn't know this when I started. Like, I thought that's all I wanted to be was a homemaker, was a mom. Mm-hmm. And after I did it, I was like, no, I, this is, I need to, I'd like to work. I like to create actually your re- that's your recent episode that inspired yeah. me just even more. I'm like, yeah, I am a creator. And I just did a meditation yesterday where I, I was able to just get into this space of recognizing that everything I'm doing, when I look at it from rather than working, I'm looking at it as a creation. Mm-hmm. It is so much more powerful and effective and things transpire more quickly. Yeah. It's an interesting philosophy of mindset. Like one minute, I'm like, I have to fix this and work on it. And, and it's, it's a hard thing. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be dedicated, mm-hmm. right? That intensity versus, you know, I'm going to have fun with this. I'm going to play with this idea. I'm going to see what comes forth from this. And just, it, it spawns from the inside out. That's the only way I can explain it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. And it's fun to do that. It's so much more fun to do that. I had the most amazing day after that meditation. I... I looked back last night and I'm like, wow, I got a lot accomplished today and I got to hang out with my family and I got to enjoy the outside and, you know, like it was just a beautiful experience. Yeah, yeah. So our minds are so powerful, you know, and, and we just don't even realize it. Yeah. It's, it's a very interesting. You know what, what you were saying? It's, I don't think it's, it's morbid, you know, thinking about like your death and stuff. I think it's, I read a book. I think it's the, the, 12 habits of highly successful people or something, if I remember the title correctly. And that's how he's basically asking you at the beginning of the book. So just imagine there is a funeral. Now that funeral is yours. So what do you want people to say at your, what is it, eulogy that's called when people say stuff about you? So yes. like, what do you want those people to say? So whatever it is that you want those people to say, start doing it now. And you can bring a lot of, and you can basically create the future that doesn't exist yet, that's in your mind, by already being that person that you want people to talk about later. You don't want, you don't want people to say, oh, that bastard. <laughs> you know, you want people to say some, you know, nice things. Yeah, you know, was a caring person and everything. And then you have the chance to create that. So it's, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's not morbid or anything at all. I think it's a, it's a really good way of being able to achieve those goals by visualizing them, you know? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, the idea of, of passing away and having worked only in the car business and you know, living my okay life because it wasn't bad. It was, it was okay mm -hmm. for me, my definition of okay. Yeah. It made me feel sad to think about that. Like I literally felt sad. I'm like, I would be disappointed if I got to that point in my life and that's how I had lived. Mm. I don't want to be disappointed. I want to know that I look, I may not achieve everything I set out to achieve in life. Although I do believe I will. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But if I didn't, at least I know I took every effort to get where I was going, like where yeah. I was intending. And that I can be proud of. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's, it, for me, it's, it's exactly the same thing. There are so many things that you, well, the, the problem is, is very often we only look at the where we're trying to go and we don't look back at how much ground we actually covered. When you look, you're like, Jesus Christ, I, I was able to do all of this. But we are always looking at what you still haven't done. And we don't take the time to, you know, sit back and be like, wow, Jesus, look at what I've done, you know. So, um, you know, sometimes you need to, and the same for me, I'm, you know, I'm every day I'm like, oh, I need to do this. I need to do, oh, there's this, this thing I need to create. But when I talk to people, so today I, um, I, I went to a restaurant yesterday with a, uh, a bunch of uh, French entrepreneurs here, because I don't know any of them here. And uh, today they invited me to their house and I was telling them stuff that I did and their jaws were like touching the floor. They're like, dude, I didn't know that stuff existed. But for me, it's it, not that it has become a routine, but I've done it so much that I don't realize the ground that I've covered from, I studied languages. I didn't study any marketing or any technology or anything, you know? So it's one thing that I, I, I'll say, you know, if you're listening, take the time to look back at everything you've done as well. You've accomplished way more than actually you set out to accomplish way more, but you just don't realize it, you know? Mm -hmm. I just recently did an episode like that where I was talking about um, telling the reason why you should share your story. And I think I was sharing my story on a podcast and it was, it happened to be on a day that I was feeling a little bit like in a funk, like frustrated with that moment, whatever was going on. Yeah. And I got done telling my story and I'm like, even I'm in awe of my story. Like if I could create that, if I did that, mm -hmm. then why do I feel limited today? You know, like there's no reason to feel that way. And yet it is a mindset that is something it's like weeding a garden. Yeah your weeds are keep coming back. You have to keep weeding the garden. They don't just stay gone forever. And your mm. mind is just like that. You have to continually look, I had my, one of my very first um, coaches, she was a thought coach. She mm. told me, she said, if you're not focused on truth, then you're living in lie. And I was like, huh? <laughs> and over time it made sense. It's like, you have to be intentional about weeding your mind garden. Uh -huh. Right. Otherwise, it creeps in on you, your old habits, those, yeah. those neural nets, re-fire. Uh -huh. And the next thing you know, you're right back where you were or you're stagnated. Yeah. So the only way to keep moving forward is to keep being vigilant and replacing those thoughts. And taking time to look back at what you've done is mm -hmm. a really important part of that because then you can acknowledge all of that work that you've done and it's fueling, it's empowering to move you forward. So yeah. I, I agree wholeheartedly. All right. Um, a quick question, because again, I think that uh, there will be more people than we know who are in that situation where you're basically kind of in that no man's land where stuff is not 
so bad that you need to make a change, but it's not the best. It's just okay. And so you don't move, right? Um, so <laughs> when you decided that, you know what, that's, that's enough, I need to make a change. Uh, are there any tips that you can give to, um, to people, stuff that you've done? Because people will be worried about, okay, financially, I need to be able to plan for this, for that, blah, blah, blah. Are there any things that you, because you said in 2016, okay, the goal is 2018. What mm -hmm. did you um, start planning just so to make that a reality that maybe you can share with people? So one thing we did is we started in investing in our savings heavily. Mm -hmm. um, we Thankfully, I was making good money and we started just chunking away dollars. Yeah. <laughs> um, that became very, very helpful in that transition, not necessarily with the moving per se, like the actual cost of moving. Mm -hmm. But after we moved, just getting ourselves grounded, you know, figuring out what we were going to do and all that, that took time to get settled. Mm -hmm. So that was a big, big step that I definitely recommend. Of course, that's for people who want to leave their job, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you need that buffer. And then the next thing we did was started to look into building um, passive income. And at the time, my husband was a real estate investor. So, you know, most of our income, passive income rather, was coming from rentals. Yeah. What we were not, what was new for us that we still haven't quite figured out is investing out of state. And we, most of our experience was in Arizona. So we felt, even though it was an illusion, it really was, it really mm -hmm. is an illusion but we just felt like we couldn't invest in Idaho yet because we didn't know the area. We didn't yeah. know what the housing market was like. So, it's, you know, there was these, these unknowns of what was normal for us. Mm -hmm. And then we were going into uncharted territory in our mind, like other people have charted it, but we hadn't. So we didn't have that experience yet. Yeah. And um, so we didn't, we stopped kind of it with investing and we just moved and I ended up um, actually getting another job. So that is something, another thing that I want to, highlight is that sometimes we have a goal and we have to, we feel like we're taking like two steps forward and one step backward mm -hmm. and that's what i felt like you know we moved i took that year off and then it was like now what i need to go back to work i needed i needed something a for my mental health i needed to be busy yeah. but also i needed to have an income mm -hmm. but i found a great job this is that pendulum effect i went from working you know, 60, 70 hours a week, stress, managing a team of 30 people to taking no time, no, not working to then working again, but mm -hmm. working where I was managing myself. I worked for a small contracting company. Yeah. Basically what I did for them, I, it was so easy for me because of what I had come from. This was like a cakewalk job mm -hmm. and I didn't manage anybody else. I was like, man, this is pretty good. I could actually see myself being here for a while, which was yeah. the first time I'd ever heard myself say that. Mm -hmm. And it's a small town. My kids' school was really close. You know, it was a happy little environment yeah. until COVID happened. Uh -huh. <laughs> and then we were, I was working full time. My, I was homeschooling my kids after, after work because yeah. it's at-home learning. And I had started a podcast. And the reason I started a podcast, and this was in um, 2019, I started it because I was curious about passive income outside of rentals, outside of real estate. Yeah. I wanted to learn about online marketing. I wanted to learn about um, affiliate marketing and all of that. But I wanted to learn from people who knew what the heck they were doing and who were legitimate. 
because mm -hmm. online there are so many like scams it's easy to get duped into something and not know what you're doing when you don't know what you don't know yeah so i thought yeah. you know this would be kind of cool if i could just interview the best of the best and then decide from there what i want to do mm -hmm. and that's how i started the podcast oh, yeah. um and i and i have it's been an education for me i've learned so much and more yeah. importantly yeah. through that i learned and this was the, probably the biggest surprise that I already had the skills and the knowledge for a lot of it, which I didn't even know mm. because working in the car business, I worked in internet marketing. I was yeah. the internet director. I did, yeah. I wrote email copy. I set up funnels with their email system. I understood the buyer psychology from a guy coming to look at the tire, you know, kicking tires on the lot all the way to buying. Uh -huh. I had all of this. I knew how to sell. I knew closing. I knew negotiating. Like, all of these skill sets were within me. And here I was going, I don't know what to do. I don't have any skill sets. Yeah. But yes, I did. It took me listening to experts and listening to them going, I could do that. Like that sounds like, oh yeah, I, I can relate. I've, I've done stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So isn't that funny how we can like discount what we know? And, yeah. and that's, a, that's an important piece of that. Like, you know, sometimes you just don't know until you take that step out. So for anybody who's stuck in their okay life, you have more going for you than you even probably know exactly and until you until you take that step out i used to get this vision from god this was my i'm a pretty spiritual person and um i talked to god a lot and yeah. i said god i'm i'm terrified and in my mind i saw i was i was terrified of taking these steps because there was no there the future was unknown and i got a vision of this big black space and there i was standing in this black space and every time i took a step out something came under my foot like he put something there mm -hmm. and it was like his way of showing me that look just take the step and i will be there but if you don't take the step you'll never know mm -hmm. so it was scary but i had to take the step and every step of the way things work out i meet somebody that helps me i learn a skill by the grace of God, something comes together for me when I need it most. Like just, I can't explain it, but it is it, that little step has happened for me every step of the way. Yeah. And it would happen yeah. for you when you take that. That is what faith is. That is literally taking a leap of faith, uh -huh. you know, trusting. Now I wasn't a fool. Like we prepared financially. We made sure that, you know, and when I needed to get a job, I did. I didn't get stuck on, well, I'm not going to work again. I, I did what I had to do for my family, mm -hmm. but it's cool because now that that company that was my employer is now my client all right awesome so i left in august and i said look i need to be home with my kids because now i want to homeschool mm -hmm. and i'm building my business i'm doing this for myself um i can still help you but i need to do it on a like you need to like, i'm a vendor now not an employee yeah, yeah. so yeah so now they're my client uh-huh yeah, that's awesome. That's um, I had a like a similar experience with a company I was uh, I was working for before, like big company. And um, uh, so what happened was that the company was acquired by like, kind of like the main competitor. I don't know how this thing happened, but anyway, there were people. The, the offices were in Santa Cruz, and they had to move to uh, was that Scottsdale, Scottsdale or something, which is in Silicon Valley or whatever. I don't know. I mean, I mean the topography of, of the U S but for them, it was really far. So they had to, so they basically, they said, you have to relocate, you have to move. And people said, look, uh, we have families, we don't want to move. 
And, uh, you know, management said, hey, if you don't want to move, you quit. That's it. You know, they weren't uh, trying to negotiate. So what the team leader did, it was, it was brilliant. So the, because this was a, uh, a tool that was developed internally. So there is nobody else on the planet that knows the tool. So he gathered the whole support team and he said, you know what? We all quit. They don't have anybody who can support the product. Nobody knows the product except us. We quit. We start a company. And now they're a vendor. So they stayed in Santa Cruz and they, they ended up charging the company way more, like crazy money. The company couldn't afford not to pay them because nobody else had the knowledge, you know? So obviously it wasn't your case. You were in good standing with, the, with the, your employer, uh, but it was, it was fascinating to me. And what it's also what was fascinating to me was the fact that they all stuck together and they all made that decision, which is a hard decision. Some people, they obviously didn't want to quit. They, they're like, well, I have kids, I have a family, but they trusted the process and ended up working really well for them. Yeah, that is an interesting story. That is cool. Yeah. And well, and Scott, yeah, Scottsdale's in Arizona, by the way. It's literally oh, okay. just a little bit from where I used to live. But oh, okay. yeah. I don't blame them for not wanting to move. I would stay in Texas over, over our Santa Fe. Isn't that in New Mexico? That's not that far. Oh yeah. But yeah. still, you, you know, you get your, you get your kids enrolled in school. Your kids are, you, you know, that's the way life goes. And that was actually another little tiny hurdle was thank goodness our kids were still little. Mm -hmm. So moving, it wasn't like they had a whole bunch of friends and they weren't in sports and there wasn't like all this stuff going on yeah. that was going to hold them back. They were excited. I was like, this is an adventure. We're adventuring. I would tell them, you know, we're, we're moving. We're going to have an adventure and we're going to go to Idaho. And they were just so excited about it. You know, yeah, they yeah. would tell our friends we're going to Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> so, awesome. you know, yeah. And do you reckon that the, this whole thing made you uh, a lot more res resilient than the average person? If there is an average person, like, you know, like entrepreneurship, uh, for me, entrepreneurship is solving problems. That's what you do. And when I think when problems come, you are way more equipped than anybody else because that's what you just do every day, you know? Well, I'll tell you this working this. I don't know if I can't say because I, for me, this is my normal. I am a make a way, find a way person. One of the reasons why I was successful in what I did and the reason I moved up so quickly is because rather than saying, well, it's not my job or I don't know, mm -hmm. I would just go find out. And pretty soon I was the person who knew everything about everything in the dealership. Yeah. People came to me to find out. I was like a walking encyclopedia for recalls. Like mm -hmm. I could know the number, the part numbers, like it, it just, I would just figure it out. I never took no for an answer. Mm -hmm. for, for if a customer came to me and said, hey, this is my situation, I would go until I could give them a resolution. That was yeah. my mission. So with that mindset of, I'm just going to figure it out until it's done. Mm -hmm. The question of if it's going to happen isn't even the, the question. It's when, it's how, mm. it's yeah. what do I need to do now? And I'll be honest, like this, I honestly feel a little bit isolated sometimes in my way of thinking because this isn't something I see a lot of people have mm -hmm. is. And so when I, when I present an, a, a, a challenge, I like to say to somebody, I'm not presenting it because I'm complaining. I'm presenting it because I'm like, let's figure out how we can fix it. 
Yeah. Uh, what's the solution? Uh-huh. And so I get very frustrated with, um, I don't know, like reasons why things don't work. If yeah. somebody were to say, well, that's not going to work because that's not going to work. Well, that's fine. But what will work? Just tell uh-huh. me what will work. Yeah. Let's get to that point. Yeah. Like that's my mindset. So to say resiliency has been cultivated because of it, I would argue that it's because of resiliency that I've been able to do what I did. Yeah. But also I believe everybody has that within them. Oh yeah. 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 You know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, it's, it's well, back in my very, very first episodes. I mean, I, I if you're walking today, it means that you are a baby. You try to walk, you embarrass yourself, you fall, you try again. And if you're walking today, it's because you've done that. We all have it, right? Because look at a baby trying to walk. It's, you know, they, they, they fall, they're goofy and stuff. They keep going at it. And there's a point after which, for some reason, we just, uh, you know, get in our minds that, oh, no, I don't have the, the resilience. I don't have the perseverance. You have it. I mean, unless you're crawling today, which, you know, it's not the case, you have it in you. And, and it's just a matter of like, you know, just recognizing it. So me, when, when I see a baby trying to walk, it's always for me, it's always a, a reminder of, okay, if you have any problems, just, just keep going at it. Look, if, it, if this baby is doing it, you have to do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's true. That's very true. I think that's the thing that happens as adults is we get embarrassed or fearful or you know the unknown like babies don't wonder what's going to happen if they try to walk without holding on to something like they Mm -hmm. just do it and yeah they fall but then they get back up again and then eventually they just don't fall as much and I think that is a good analogy of the pendulum effect I'm referring to because it's like you know when you're breaking away from that mindset or any sort of change in your life Mm -hmm. it's it's like just not a straight arrow. It's just not. And so it's okay. Give yourself permission to fail. Yeah. All right. So, so was there any, um, any, like you're like me, the, the strength comes from within you, you have like an internal locus of control. So it comes from within, but was, were there like a, a, like a support environment or something that also helped you in that decision and in the, the whole process that maybe you can, something that's not necessarily obvious to people right now, or like, oh, I don't know, uh, maybe you can point them in that direction saying, look, that helped me. Maybe if you're on the fence and you're thinking about doing that, that could help. The truth is, I, I have to say, I think I was the driving force and mm-hmm. I did it with blinders on. All right. My, so now mind you, both of my parents had passed away. So I didn't really have anybody and my grandmother then passed away. So I didn't really have anybody in my ear saying, don't do it except my aunt. Mm. My aunt called me up one day. She was very concerned about us moving. And when you're making a big change like this, you'll find that your outside circumstances will often try to hold you back because Mm. it's habit. Again, People don't like change around you. So when you change, you threaten their security too yeah. by yeah. being so bold. Yeah, yeah. And so you will rock the boat. And she called me and she's, you know, she and my mom were actually really best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, I've always known her as my aunt. She called and just, Lindsay, I'm very concerned. What happens if you get there and it doesn't work out? Da, da, da. I mean, just for... I felt like I was in the hot seat. Let me tell you, it was like not a call that I wanted to deal with. But I finally told her, I said, look, 
Aunt Margie. I love you and thank you uh -huh. for your consideration. Yeah. But you know what? When I was 18, I moved out. I didn't know what I was going to do, mm -hmm. how I was going to do it, but I figured it out. Yeah. I am I am capable. Like I know that I don't have it all figured out right now, but I know that when I get there, I'm not going to be a total loss. Mm -hmm. I can find a job online if I need to. Yeah. You know, like I'll figure it out because it was a small town. So we didn't think there was any big companies and there's, there's not, I didn't know how I would get a job. I'm not near, I purposely moved two hours away from a car dealership. <laughs> 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 Cause I was like, I'm not going back. Um, yeah. yeah. So to say that I had a support system, actually the opposite is probably more true. Uh, you know, my, my, my boss even was like, are you sure? I mean, he was devastated. He's like, I don't want you to go. I, I, yeah. Is there anything we could do to get you to stay? I'm like, look, I can't work here to retire someday. I have to live my best life now. Whatever that mm -hmm. looks like for me, this is the next step. Yeah. So along the way, most people were not supportive. Mm -hmm. My little sisters were kind of like, oh, that's cool, Lindsay. You got this. But there wasn't like a network of people I could go to that said, you know, helped me along the way. It was yeah. very much my own mission to complete. Oh. My husband, he, you know, he and I did it together. Which, this is a dream that we wanted, but you know, it's interesting. <clears throat> and I think people who are married can discover this too. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you may, may both want the same thing, but for either different reasons, or yeah. you see how it's going to happen differently. And that's where we would get hung up. We would both want to move, mm -hmm. but his idea of how to get there, my idea of how to get there, he wanted to buy a dirt lot and build a house. He mm -hmm. wanted to build the house himself. Yeah. I'm over here like, I'm raising babies. I'm not going to be building a house. Like yeah. there's this, just this difference. Uh -huh. And so we often clashed also, uh -huh. yeah. um, you know, in, in our ideas of what we were going to accomplish and how. <clears throat> and finally, I said, look, at the end of the day, we both want the same thing. Yeah. Another thing that was interesting was, excuse me for just a second. I haven't had my morning cup of coffee yet, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, sorry. For, it, it, uh, it's six, it was 6 a.m. when we started for her, so... <laughs> Yeah, uh, sorry, I had the wrong slots in the, uh, in the calendar, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, so, um, you know, he was looking like, I want to get out of city. I feel like the economy is going to make a big change. Like his motivation for coming up here was more of a prepper mindset. I don't know if you know what a prepper is. Uh, no, can you? Okay. It might be a U.S. thing. I'm not sure, but a prepper is a person who basically prepares for the worst case scenario. Oh, I totally they stock it. up on food, you know, yeah, they, yeah. you know, whatever. Uh -huh. Now he's not a full on like prepper. survivalism and and bunker. yeah, he's not he's yeah. not quite that extreme. <laughs> but he had this for him. His inner guidance system uh -huh. was saying we have to get out of the city. Like I yeah. need to be away from the city for all these reasons. Yeah. His was a little bit more of the negative mindset. Now I just told you how I'm like, don't tell me what's going to go wrong. Tell me what the solution is. Mm -hmm. And to him, I said, look, I don't want to hear about all these scary things that you think are going to happen. That brings me down. It kills my energy. Like yeah. I need to think positively. And I said, so I want to look at this as an adventure, as a creation experience, rather than a fear driving force. Like I don't want fear to be my driving force. Yeah. So we made this pact. Like you can move for the reasons that are important to you, but just keep it to yourself. Mm -hmm. And I will keep my ideas to myself. Yeah. But we just 
need to work on the, ta- on the tangibles, like what uh-huh. are steps we're going to take. So there you go. Like, even though my husband and I had the same dream, uh-huh. we didn't have the same reason why. Yeah. And so it was, it was very, I was very alone. Like I felt very alone. I had my own mind is all I had to keep me moving forward. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, you know, I kind of like, experience and i think maybe if you all everybody who's in entrepreneurship will go through those phases where uh it's it's your inner uh fire that's that's pushing you because everybody you know and and people they're trying to discourage you for many reasons but you know very often it's because they care uh and they're you know they're scared for you and stuff like that um but yeah it's uh, definitely something that you also have to be prepared for when you decide to be an entrepreneur is it can get lonely right sometimes it's worth it and everything but you know it can get lonely sometimes so uh that's yeah. one of those things that's true well especially if you don't have people who understand you i bet you run across that you know where you're not working and you don't want to work and people are, don't understand like why but why not but what, how do you do it? Cause they can't fathom it. Like, you know, <laughs> it's just like their brain cannot compute. What does that mean to be able to earn money without having to put forth a whole bunch of effort? Yeah. And I remember when I interviewed you on the podcast, my podcast, the passive uh-huh. income examiner, I was like, that is so amazing to me how you look at building a business from the beginning stages mm-hmm. and immediately think, how can I build this without doing any work? Like to me, that stuck with me the most. Like that yeah. was the most impactful part of it was your, your mindset. And I knew that just by you asking that question, mm-hmm. how is it possible is yeah. how it was. Yeah, and exactly. That's- because then it's just a matter of finding a way. And uh, even today I was, I was talking to, uh, to, to, to these guys and I explained, look, there, there are different ways of going at things. And most people will, um, they will, they have an objective of, like uh, income, and then once they reach that, they will now try to get time, right? So the, that money is going to be able to buy the time. Uh, me, I decided to go at it from the, the completely, a completely different perspective. For me, the more time I have, the more opportunity I have then to generate something that will make money. So I was explaining to them, like, for example, I know, for example, there is only a fraction of entrepreneurs who have... Uh, like an allocated time slot in their week or something for innovation, brainstorming, thinking about stuff, because, you know, you're always working on something. So I know the, the people I know, they might have like one hour a week that they dedicate to this. I have today, I have, let's say, 12 hours a day to do this. So just imagine at the end of the month, the separation in one month, and then you put it over one year and then five years, that's the reason why I am able to do everything I do because I focused on my time first. And with that time, then I have the creativity to start business number two. Once I have two businesses, everything becomes easier. Number three is easier. Number four is easier. And next thing you know, number 50 is super easy, you know? Um, so that's, you know, I, uh, who was saying this? I think it's uh, uh, André Chaperon is a expert copywriter. He writes soap opera um, email chains and stuff. And he was basically saying, you know, when everybody zigs, I zag, right? Not just to disagree with people, right? Um, if it makes sense to zag, I will zag because I've explored, uh, I, I just don't follow what everybody's doing. I explore different possibilities and maybe it's better for me to zag. And here in this case, 
that's the reason why my life can seem very extreme uh, in compared to most people. It's just because I went in that direction that people don't usually, which is kind of counterintuitive for, for people, you know? Well, and I'm listening to you and I'm like, that's a great lesson, but I'm curious how, what would you say to somebody who, let's say was in my shoes where they're the primary income earner and they have a family and they have these obligations. It's, that's something I talk about on my podcast is like, sometimes you have to take baby steps. And that for me was, I'm still trading time for money in some Mm -hmm. respects by having clients and, and doing that work. But in the meantime, I just stay intentional about creating out the passive income. Like, what do you say to people that are in that position and how they, how can they focus on time while they're feeling that, I guess, intensity of, I need the money right now. Type yeah. Thing. Yeah. It's, um, it, it's actually not that complicated. Uh, I don't know. I, did I tell you how, so the, the first story with my very first business where I ended up with this business that I had to manage and I didn't know the first thing about it. Um, so I, I, you know, I bought this business for my brother and then after, you know, two weeks, he left me hanging. I end, up, I end up with this business where I don't know anything. I like, I, I'm actually the idiot in the company. Um, and from there, I realized that the work has to be done, but it doesn't have to be done by me. So whatever it is that you're doing now, you can already find ways of, of um, getting someone else in the beginning to do it for you until you can find a way to maybe automate it or something. So the work doesn't go away. It just, it's just that someone else is going to do it. So uh, it's, it's, uh, you, don't, you can't do it like overnight. So take the time to, while you're doing the work, to kind of like document it, just so that you will be able to pass that along to someone. Then you have a phase where someone is shadowing you and then you give them the reins, but you're still there so you can watch what they're doing. And then at some point, once you trust them, then they can do the work. Now you can step out. Now you have more time and then you can build stuff, you know? Gotcha. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's actually what I do. So that's, that's pretty, I'm glad to hear you say that. That's kind of Uh confirmation for me, but that's helpful too for people. Uh Uh-huh. That is is perfect. If if this is what you're doing, that's perfect. That is the first step towards uh, being able to step out. Um, It's not, um, you know, Maybe it can be done like this, right? But it takes time because you need to trust. You need to find someone you trust. You need to make sure that they're you know, all set you know, and, and everything. Uh, but it is, it is possible. It's just, um, the, the, I think the biggest hurdle is also going to be to find that person that you can trust, someone who's dependable and everything. Because, you know, again, as, as you said before, uh, you, know, you can teach some skills, but there are things you cannot teach. Someone mm-hmm. who's not dependable, someone who's, uh, you know, ah, sorry, I was drunk, I didn't come, or they, they, um, they don't have this, uh, this um, drive to go and, and solve problems. They will always come back to you, so you have to actually do the job and all that kind of stuff. It takes time to find that person. Um, once you have that, that person, make sure to, to keep them, and that mm-hmm. will eventually lead you there, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. So for anybody who's listening, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a transition, a transition. You can make, you know, set a goal of, you know, uh, I will say maybe six to 12 months, which, you know, in the span of a lifetime, it's not, it's not much, but you tell yourself, look, uh, I will train my replacement in those six to 12 months. And in one year, I'll be able to get out. 
right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's a good motivation. You have that light at the end of the tunnel and it's perfectly doable. You just do the work that you do every day. You just document it. You explain to someone, they ask you questions and sometimes they will ask you very good questions that uh, maybe, you know, because you've been doing it for the longest time, you just assume everybody knows it uh, and you can realize a lot of things. You can make the processes better uh, and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, I created a spreadsheet and I use Loom and I'll, I write like the topic and then I put a video to show what it is. So I have this yep. like library of training videos uh -huh. that I've developed just by teaching my VA what I'm doing. Yeah. So yeah, that is a, that is helpful. Yeah, it is. You're on the right track. That's, that's what you need to do. There's no, it's, it's not more complicated than this. Then later down the road, then you can start exploring automation and blah, blah, blah. But you know, that's later down the road. Doing this, you don't need any special skills or anything like that. You will get there, you know? Good, good to know. Yeah, no, this is this has been great. I love, I love the opportunity to talk about the mindset shift. I think it's something that is the number one biggest thing that holds people back from accomplishing their goals mm -hmm. is not, none of it has anything to do with the physical. It's all going on up here, you know, in our head. Yeah. And when we can master that, anything is achievable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the, the mindset is the key to everything. And, you know, it's funny, every time, you know, you buy a course, there's this mindset module, like, oh my God, Jesus Christ, I'm not going <laughs> to, you know, but it, it's true. Like once, you know, you can think that you have the mindset, the mindset is always, always evolving. It's not something that's the, oh, okay, I have it now and stuff. So I, I still take the time to, um, to go through it because there might be one thing there that summarizes one thing that I've been feeling in my bones for the longest time, but I couldn't put words on it, you know? Yes. Yeah. Um, I had, for example, one of my friends, uh, she came from Paris here and, uh, and she told me, she, she was like, wow, uh, here it's, um, it's very strange because I can see from a distance, I can see far. And, those few words, they summarize something that, you know, one of the reasons why I like being here, I like being out there is this, but I never, I was never able to put words on it because in Paris, you open your window, your neighbor is two meters away looking at you straight in the eyes, you know, you, <laughs> there's always something blocking your, your, your view, you know, in big cities, you know, uh, you go to New York, it's the same thing. And yeah. I couldn't explain what the, that feeling was of, you know, open air and stuff until she said that, you know, and sometimes in, in one course, then you'll have, you know, a course, a video or something like this, you'll have that one sentence that, you know, boom, you know, and, uh, you know, that's why I still go through the, the mindset modules. They're, they're so important. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, definitely. That's great. Well, thank you so much for having me on. This has been really yeah, right. a it fun conversation. Fun. I love it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, no, good. And, and, I, I, what I, I really I honestly think that um, you will help a lot of people with, with your story uh, because I think a lot of people will relate to the life that you had and the courage that you had to be able to make some change. And I really hope that someone will you know, just you know, take the plunge and say, hey, you know what, let me go out and do it. It's possible to do it. You know, if you plan a little bit in advance, I will do the same thing, give myself two years. But sometimes you think two years, oh, it's so long and stuff. No, it's not that long in the, you know, grand scheme of things. And, you know, being able to prepare by having an example of you, Lindsay, was able to do it and stuff. I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm positive that it's really going to help people. 
Yeah. The other day I was, I was writing my story. I was telling my story again and <clears throat> I did the math and I'm like, from 2012 to 2018, that's six years. And I said, is that right? I had to, I had to pull my calculator out and do the math because <laughs> it sounded so like it couldn't have only been six years. It uh -huh. felt like at least a decade. Yeah. I mean, it really did feel that way. And when you think about like watching little kids grow up six years in, you know, you're like, man, that went flew by. Yeah. But for whatever reason in that six years, it felt like the longest part of my life. Uh -huh. <laughs> it was weird to say, oh, it was only six years. No, it just doesn't even matter, you know, how long it takes. It's like I said, it's, it's about the mission that you did everything you could to get there mm. and you weren't conceding to me death can happen before we die and that's when we give up that's oh, when wow. we just accept life and we oh. stop trying to create you know what i really like this quote i've i've i really like this death can happen before you die it, it's it's very true they see they, these are the sort of things someone will say something and they're like wow this is exactly that's perfect i love that i will i will uh i'll you know keep this quote and uh, make sure to quote you on the, on, on that yeah, it's, it's very good. true. Yeah, it's it is. very true. So, uh, yeah, guys. So, um, Lindsay has a podcast. It's called The Passive Income Examiner. I really encourage you to listen to it. It's awesome. Uh, I, 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 honestly, I really like your podcast. And people, like, they heard your story. They heard your mindset and everything. I think they can relate. They're like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's going to be pretty cool. Um, so, um, is there like, if someone wants to contact you, how do you help people? For example, like your clients, what do you do for them? Maybe some people will be like, oh, maybe I can get in touch with Lindsay. So what do you do for people and how people could contact you if, if they want? So my gift is helping people package their knowledge to sell it. So whether they choose to do that with a course or a book or a membership, it's not really important. The medium. Yeah. What's important is how you organize your thoughts and what is good for you, like how, what kind of energy you want to put out into the world. Yeah. Um, and then I help you build that funnel, yeah. build the, build the product uh -huh. and then bring that to the world. So that is what I am good at. That's what I do. And so, uh, when you say people, you don't, you're not talking about experts or anything. It means someone who doesn't even realize the amount of knowledge and skills that they have and you help them understand that, right? Yeah, and actually I even did an episode on this where you can package knowledge even if it's not your own. Mm -hmm. So, you know, some people just have like an immoral compass that says, oh, I can't do that, I would be lying. No, that's not what I'm saying. For example, I packaged the packaging, the passive income examiner in the beginning because I was learning. Yeah. So let's say you always had a passion for flying airplanes. My grandfather used to fly these model airplanes mm -hmm. and you've always wanted to do it, but you've never taken the plunge in starting the company or yeah. learning about it. Yeah. So you could do one of two things. You could either start a drop shipping company that, mm -hmm. you know, is all related to model airplanes and, yeah. you know, get out there and be the middleman mm -hmm. or you could create a membership of people who love to do model airplanes just for the benefit of being around people and then learn and grow from there mm. and, you know, earn money from everybody coming together. What you need to know isn't model airplanes. You need to know marketing and how yeah. to get your message in front of the right people. Oh, wow. So, you know, that's what I help you do. Okay. All right. So, uh, guys, don't be, don't be, uh, like afraid or intimidated. Like, Oh, I'm a nobody. I don't know anything. What I tell people is look, let's say you've been at your work for 10 years, you, you cannot even imagine the amount of knowledge that you have. 
10 years of doing something, you are an expert in a specific field, not just your work, but many things that you've done in your life that for you are second nature. You know how to fix cars. I don't know the first thing about fixing a car. If I have a flat tire, I will just wait for death to come pick me up. I don't know how to change that. Some people, it will be natural for them. So you guys, you have knowledge, uh, stuff that you do every day. And, uh, and Lindsay can help you identify these things that you have and be able to you know, take that knowledge and show it to someone like me, for example, fixing a car or fixing anything around the house, I'm useless. So if any of you guys knows anything around the house, I will buy it. You know what I mean? There is always an audience for, uh, for the skills that you have, but you do have skills, okay? You do. So uh, Lindsay can help you uh, with this. So I'll make sure to put the link of the, uh, of the, the podcast. And uh, if people want to contact you or anything like that, um, you're going to leave me some contact details and, and uh, maybe people can get in touch with you. What's, what's the best way? Well, the website's thepassiveincomeexaminer.com. Uh -huh. And also for those of you listening that are US-based, I have a text option you can get. I have a PDF freebie. Yeah that you may like. It's five ways to earn 5,000 a month with passive income. Mm -hmm. And it outlines five different strategies that you could take that you could choose which one's right for you. And then it links you to episodes with experts on those topics. So like for affiliate oh. marketing, we have Martin's podcast links oh. there. So, <laughs> he didn't even know that. <laughs> um, but that's, you know, that's what uh, that will do. And you can text the word PIE for Passive Income Examiner, P-I-E, uh -huh. to 33777 to get your copy. Um, and if you're not in the US, just go to the passiveincomeexaminer.com and it's right on the um, homepage where you can access it. This is the coolest thing. I didn't know this thing whether you can text something and oh, this is the coolest thing. I, I had never heard of this. So I just learned something. This is really cool. <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah, and yeah, that's the thing, you know, uh, also to show you something, uh, you know, sorry, we're dragging the end of the episode, but what I hear from people is always, Oh, Facebook this, Facebook that, Facebook ads. And I'm like, how did, how did people make money before Facebook ads? Obviously, people were making money. So there are things that worked before. They still work. It's just that everybody just assumes and flocks to Facebook thinking that it's the only thing. This is the best. I love it. You text something. I love it. I'm going to look into that stuff. I, I had no idea. This is cool. I, 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 I just learned something today. So Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a good, it's a good handy tool for people podcast listening and podcasts. Cause a lot of times you're, you're driving. So uh -huh. it's you know, hard to click into the show notes and go find the link. And you know, it's easier to just remember to text something. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, mental note, make people's life easier and they will take that action and it's going to bring results. Okay. Make it simple and easy for people. That's what people are looking for. Something quick and easy. And that's, that's brilliant. I, I had no idea this thing existed. I'm, going, I'm seriously going to look into this. That's really cool. Yeah. Awesome. All right. All right. So, uh, Lindsay, thank you very much. That was, that was an absolute pleasure. Uh, my, honestly, you know what? This is my favorite episode of all the episodes that I've done. It's my favorite episode. Um, so, many, uh, so many tips and, and so many things, you know, realize, you know, you can die, you know, before. What, what was it, your quote that you... you uh, you can die. Before you can die before your death. Yeah, I will remember that. I will remember the texting thingy. There is some gems in there, and guys, please uh, re-listen to this episode and understand that uh, it is possible to change life. Um, it, you know, it just you just need a, a drive. Remember, like Lindsay, you remember why you're doing this, and you re you prepare. You'll be able to um, to get it done. All right. So 
thank you very much. And uh, guys, I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you very much, Lindsay, for your time. Yes, thank and, you, Martin. Thank you. Yeah, talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, guys, you just heard a brand new episode of the Freedom by Choice podcast with myself, Martin Ebonge. So I got a question for you. Did you like this episode? If yes, can I please ask you a small favor? All right, so here's the thing. The biggest thing that helps my podcast grow and bring more value to other people is if you guys leave a review, if you rate the podcast, and if you subscribe to the podcast. Why? Because this tells the platform that I'm actually bringing a lot of value to you and that you like my stuff. The more people like my stuff and the more they'll show you to other people. And this way, we can make sure that we can impact a lot of people with this podcast and this community, all right? So what I wanna ask is, can you please take three seconds out of your busy day? Because I know everybody's busy. And if you could just like subscribe to the podcast, rate this episode and leave a review. It is three seconds for you, but for me, it will actually make my day and it can help someone else on the other side of this planet, okay? And one thing I like and one thing I want for this podcast is for it not to be a monologue. So I want to get feedback from you guys, right? So if you want to contact me, it's very easy. You can send an email to contact at martinebonga.com and in this email, you can uh, give me feedback on the episode or on the whole podcast, but you can also give me some suggestions about subjects that you want me to cover, right? If it's interesting and if a lot of people want to hear it, then I will cover it, okay? But anyway, thank you for listening to this episode and I see you in the next one, all right? Thank you very much, guys. Bye.